Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Bibles, Acts 3, 1 through 8. Now when Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked alms Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us everybody say look on us and he gave heed to them expecting to receive something of them then Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. If you would now go to Acts, fourth chapter, verse 8 through 13. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, God raised him from the dead. Even by him, this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which sat at naught of the builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Somebody say that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. 
Eternal God, once again, we come before your throne of glory and we are grateful and thankful to you for all that you do and all that you are about to do. Now, Lord, as we look to you now, the author and finisher of our faith, we need you, Lord, to move today, God, in this service. We want, Lord, the power of the Holy Ghost to be felt not just in the in-person services, but, Lord, in all social media platforms that we have. Let somebody today, Lord, be stirred in their spirit. Let somebody be convicted and convinced that today is a day of salvation. Let somebody, Lord, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. And that, Lord, we watch you fill them full to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. And when all these things are said and done, we'll remember to give you all the glory and all the praise. Let everyone say, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now, before you're seated, I'd like to lift up just two verses where I want you to note what was said. And we go back to the very first in Acts 3 and 4. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And then if you go to Acts, the fourth chapter, verse number 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. I like to leave with you this thought. Look unto us. We have been with Jesus. Look on us. We have been with Jesus. Now, if you chronicle all of the things that had occurred in Acts, we know the uh, first chapter of Acts, how God moved in the first chapter, verse number eight, that talks about being empowered and filled with the Holy Ghost. But ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And I'm telling you, what happened to the witness? That's how they know that they were with Jesus because they were out witnessing on a daily basis. And then we go to Acts, the second chapter, and we find that the day of Pentecost had arrived. And when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were in one place and they were with one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they all began to speak with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then when you move from there, we find that now Peter is going to have his opportunity to minister. And we look at him ministering in Acts 2, 37 through 42. As Peter is about to minister, he understands that these people have been confused. They had misinformation. Somebody say misinformation. <laughs> misinformation was all the way back in Bible days. It got to the point it was so much misinformation. What they actually did was to crucify our Lord and Savior. And when that happened, it shows you how the misinformation actually took them. And they acted upon it. And verse 37 says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. 
and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That sounds like somebody that understands they had some messed up information, some jacked up information. They messed up. And they asked the question, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift. Watch this now. He's going to give them a gift after they messed up. How many of us messed up and God still blessed us and gave us the gift of the Holy Ghost? And ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. It says, for the promises unto you and unto your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words that they testify and exalt, saying, save yourselves. How many of you know y'all have the power to save yourself? Now, listen, don't get it twisted. You save yourself by being obedient to the word of God, being born again of water and of the spirit. You save yourself by being found repenting, being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But I love the fact that it says, and with many other words did he testify and exalt saying save yourselves from this untoward generation we are living in a generation right now that's full of misinformation and now it's time for the people of God to stand up and say look on us we've been with Jesus hallelujah we find them now they said in verse 41 then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day they were added unto them about, watch this now, 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls in one day repented of their sins, were baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they made sure they put it in the book so we know that it's possible. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine see that's where we're falling short we've forsaken the apostles doctrine we've forsaken what it means to be holy we've forsaken what it means to live right oh i'm talking to somebody right now they did this they continually continually being steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship it is important that we have fellowship. I'm telling you one thing that this pandemic has done has made us yearn and desire each other's fellowship. I'm telling you, I remember when we hit the restart button and we went in phase one and we were able to come back in this building and fellowship, at least worship and praise God in the same space. No, it's not quite like it used to be. Now, we're not going around hugging. and No, because we're practicing social distancing. But it's still good to be in the number one more time. I wish I could get me somebody that's excited about what God is doing when we continually be steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. And watch this. And breaking of bread. You know the saints love to eat. <laughs> That's another thing about this pandemic. It has stopped some eating engagements together. 
We aren't able to, to gather in the dining room and just sit down and break bread together. But I want you to know we have been found continuing this practice of breaking bread together. And then watch this. And in prayers, saints, church, guests, and visitors, if we won't pray, we won't stay. We have to be a praying church, especially now. People are hurting. People want prayer. I I'm here to tell you that we are going to stand in the presence of people that have done things that we should have done, that we should have been able to say, look on us, we've been with Jesus. But when we don't do that, people can hardly tell who's who. <laughs> you know, we got mixed in with the mixed up. We're doing and saying and acting and dressing in all of the ways of the world. And they can't seem to distinguish who's a saint and who's a ain't. I'm saying to you, they continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and the last thing in prayers. If we're going to be a church of power, we have to pray. One week without prayer makes one week. W-E-E-K, week. Seven days without prayer will make you W-E-A-K, week. And you won't be able to do anything for Jesus like that. Now, as we look at this, I want to draw your attention to where we came to at first. Now we have moved from Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. And then we found ourselves in Acts where they received the gift of the Holy Ghost in the second chapter. And now we find ourselves in the third chapter. And watch what goes on. Watch what happens as the saints of God began to mobilize and began to act upon what they have received. I'm sitting in the presence of people that right now you have the Holy Ghost. But the question on the floor is, does the Holy Ghost have you? Does it have you to the place where you don't mind in a weather like this? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Coming to church. Coming, in, coming into a warm building to sit down. But I just had a visit from one of my dear pastor friends. Sister, if you please. Pastor, evangelist, Angela McGee. And she was bundled up. And she said, here, I just want first lady to have this and she dropped the gift off for you first lady but that wasn't the reason why she came she came because she was excited she said I just came from the horseshoe church and now now in order to understand what the horseshoe church is it's about a bunch of men a bunch of derelicts if you please some people that say I don't know why you even wasting their, your time with them she met with them at the local spot around a five gallon can with fire coming out of it and she had the word of God and she was preaching and she said pastor this morning we also took communion and she said it was powerful because we watched men grown men 
strong men weeping. She said, and, and as we were moving on in the service, a truck drove up and said, excuse me, it's been a year ago, but I, I visited you here. I, is it too late for me to come in? She said, no, it's not too late now, but one day it will be too late because the Lord is coming back. You see, she's been with Jesus. My God. I'm talking about on the outside, not on nice, comfortable chairs like you are. And then to top it off, she said, Pastor, from here I'm going to my second church, Ebenezer, AME Church, where she's the pastor. And I said, well, Pastor, y'all going in the building? She said, no, we don't have church in the building right now. We're on the outside, and they're waiting for me, so I've got to leave. You see, what excuse will we give him on that day? Let me get back to where I'm at. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Now, in the Jewish tradition, they had about more uh, opportunities to pray. But this is the ninth hour, which is approximately 3 p.m. So they're going to pray. And the Bible said, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. What it wanted to stress here was the legitimacy that this man had been crippled all of his life. This wasn't just some panhandler that is trying to scam you because trust me, they have them. I, I know, i never forget it. In Philadelphia, I, I, I was going downtown and a man said, excuse me, sir, can you help me? He had his vehicle parked over and I, I said, what can I do? He said, can you help me take out this wheelchair? Both me and him took his wheelchair out and said it. And I went on my way shopping. On the way coming back, here's this man with a cup asking in modern day for alms, asking for money. He was a scam. Nothing was wrong with him. I think it must have been later on that year somewhere, I saw the same man in Atlantic City on the boardwalk. But what they wanted to do in this particular scripture is to legitimize the fact that this man is truly disabled. This man is truly handicapped. This man is truly crippled. And so as he was doing that, as he was saying all of those things, the Bible says he told this man, this lame man that was there from his mother's womb who was being carried. Now just think about this. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say who carried him. It doesn't say if it was family or friends. But daily, they laid him at this gate, which was called beautiful. Now, I know that you have to know, in Bible days, they always would have people that perhaps were leopards, blind, in this case, handicapped, not being able to walk. And they would always strategically place them in places where it was heavily populated. Where they'd always see somebody that had money. Remember the, the poor man that was laid at the, the gate of the rich man? He was asking for the crumbs that would fall from the table. Remember blind Bartimaeus? He was in a heavy populated area, a roadside. Why? Because they knew that people would come. Blind Bart was saying, have mercy upon me. And now we find this man, lame from his mother's womb, laying there at the gate called Beautiful. 
to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. That was the way he made his living. Let's not look down on him because he was crippled. But he must have had somebody or some people that obliged him on a daily basis. Many of you, you've had your bout with sicknesses and illnesses and everything else. How many of you know after a while people get tired? They, they feel like, I can't keep on doing this. But somebody would daily pick him up and take him to the gate called Beautiful. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask arms. In other words, give me a quarter, give me a dime. Can you please help a brother out? And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. My brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, I want you to know, he didn't say look on us as though we were going to do something. That the power that's going to emanate from us originated from us. He's saying, uh-uh, there's a higher power. There's somebody that's living inside of me that's going to give me the power that when I speak his name, things will begin to happen. So they're fastening, saying to him, fasten your eyes on us. Look on us. That, that's what it was saying. Be intent, very intense in looking at us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. See, uh, this man had been used to people, church folk, <laughs> going into the temple back and forth. He had no affiliation with Peter and John. He didn't know them from the man of the moon. Only thing he knew is they're about to enter the temple and I'm about to score big. But expecting to have some arms dropped in his pocket, if you please. But then Peter said, silver and gold. Now, I can imagine his ears perked up. That was the currency of that day. Silver and gold. Oh, boy, get ready to get paid now. Silver and gold have I none. Can you imagine the disappointment? Come on, man. I've been laying here all day long. But silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. <laughs> I'm going to offer you something more than silver, more than gold. It's Jesus, I tell you, that's going to do this miracle. Verse 7 says, and he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately, somebody shout immediately. I know some things you've been asking God about, some things you've been crying to God about. But if you look and you watch long enough, it's going to happen immediately. And this is how God works. Because there are times that it seems like, man, God, are you hearing me? You know, the psalmist said, hear my cry, O God. Attend them to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I know David prayed that prayer and it was out of desperation. And at some point in time, it seems like, wait a minute, God, I'm crying out to you. But nothing's happening. And this is probably where we find them. But the Bible says immediately. That's how it's going to happen. You're going to forget all about it. You ain't going to be thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, immediately. His feet 
his ankle bones received strength. It lets you know the condition that he had. He had legs that couldn't support him anymore. Ankles that probably weren't able to take the support to hold the legs up. But the Bible said, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping. And watch this, praising God. He wasn't praising Peter and John because he understood from whence that miracle happened. Because they didn't try to take any credit. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's where the power source came from. And then what happens is as we continue to follow the account, they are called into question about what they had done, this miraculous miracle. And then when we go over to the fourth chapter, we find that they're really wanting to uh, take the apostles and really put the screws to them, so to say that we're going to hold you because you did something. And they, they understood what was done was a miracle. And they privately, they had Peter and John in the midst of this tribunal, if you please, where they were going to cast judgment. And so before they did anything, they told them to leave out and they began to talk amongst themselves and say, what in the world can we do about this? This actually happened. People known this man for 40 years. And now he is standing with the apostles. What can we do? The only thing that they could do was tell them to come back in. And they charged them, whatever you do, don't go out and preach. Don't go out and teach. Don't go out and heal in the name of Jesus anymore. Basically, Peter and John, they kind of looked at one another and said, Listen, it's better for us to obey God rather than man in this situation. I'm just paraphrasing. But let's get back to the fourth chapter. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. This is after they dismissed them, after they warned them, after they threatened them not to preach or teach or heal in the name of Jesus. Peter begins to have this dialogue. And I want you to notice now the character of Peter. Peter is no longer running from God. He's running to God. He's running to be a service to God. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost makes the difference in our life. I know you say, well, that's that same Peter that denied Christ three times. Yeah, that's him. But that was then and this is now. (laughs) That was his B.C. day and this is his A.D. day. After being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole be it known unto you be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom ye crucified and God raised from the dead even by him this man stand here before you whole notice again never try to 
take any credit for themselves. They understood that they were moving in the power of the Holy Ghost. They understood that it was at the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. They understood that there was power in the name of Jesus. And they once again declared it was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And watch this. Whom you crucified. You did it. That's right. You, along with your misinformation, assisted the Roman soldiers to apprehend him and to crucify him. And God raised him from the dead, even by this man standing here before you whole. This is the stone which is set at naught of the builders, which is become the head of the corner. In other words, the very stone that the builders rejected. They looked at it and said, ah, oh, we can't use this stone. Throw it away. How many of you know that God doesn't throw away you? He doesn't throw away me. Because we can be used in the building of the kingdom of God. Brother, won't you help me? Sister, won't you help me? Build up the kingdom. Let us be able to go out boldly and say, look on us. We've been with Jesus. He went on to say, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness, somebody said, you got to see some action. You just can't be sitting around telling people, oh, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. You, you can't just be sitting around and, and, and wanting somebody to come to you so you to share your testimony. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to go out into the street. It's time for you to go into the workplaces that you work in. And let me say this is a sad epitaph. If you've been working for a company for years and years and nobody know you're a Christian, Evidently, you hadn't been telling them, look on me. I've been with Jesus. We find them now. Peter and John, when they saw the boldness, somebody say boldness. When's the last time you've been bold for Jesus? Didn't care what anybody thought. Didn't care what anybody would say. You just were bold. Do you know every day, and this is an indictment against us, Notice I'm not pointing my fingers at you because I got, I got four coming back at me because I got a crooked thumb. So I got four fingers pointed back at me, so I'm not pointing at you. But you know it's going to be an indictment because every day God gives us an opportunity to share him with some lost soul. Every day he gives us an opportunity to pray with somebody in the marketplace, pray with somebody on the job, pray with somebody even in the church. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. <laughs> they are nothing but a bunch of fishermen. What do they know about anything? What do they know about the higher matters? I'm going to tell you in a minute as I'm preparing to close. Well, what do they know about the theology of our day? They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And then they marveled. Somebody say they marveled. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. As I'm preparing to close, let me ask a question. How do people know that you, 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 me, how do they know that we've been with Jesus? 
The Bible says, how will men know that we are his disciples except that we show love one toward another? But in this, for instance, they marveled that they had been with Jesus. What made them come to the conclusion that these unlearned, ignorant men had been with Jesus? I'll tell you why. Because they were bold. They were unapologetic. They were intentional in what they did for Jesus. They let the whole world know, I'll stand for Jesus and let the world go by. Verse 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. In other words, that was the proof positive. That was the miracle on display. How many of you know God wants to put your miracle on display? He, he wants to tell the world this is the miracle. And you probably say, well, what miracle? My brother and sister, if you look in the mirror, you are a miracle. You're a miracle that you're here today in the midst of this pandemic where we see the numbers almost now going over a half a million. And we're here today. That we can still lift up our hands. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We can still lift up our voice and say, thank you, Jesus. We are that miracle on display. So the Bible said that they could say nothing. Why? Because it was a fact. It was no misinformation. This man was healed by the power of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1. 27 and 29 but God have chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God have chosen the weak things which are not to bring to naught that are that no flesh should glory in his presence you see he's going to use us if we get with him if we stay connected to him if we have a genuine relationship with him, he's going to use us to confound those that are out there in the world. But the question on the floor is, have you been with Jesus? The title said, look on us. We have been with Jesus. This is probably not that jumping up, shouting, running around the aisles message. Because I have hope within my spirit to challenge myself and to challenge you that we've got to do more in these last days. We've got to do more in our community, on our jobs, in our schools, even in our church. We've got to be able to stand flat-footed and tell somebody that doesn't know what Jesus looks like, look on me, I'm a representative. <laughs> I'm a child of God. Look on me. I'm the written epistle known and read by every man. Can we say that? And if we can't, we need to repent. We need to make it our business to ask God, Lord, forgive me for being slack, for being totally removed from the process of helping people come to know you with every head bowed and all eyes closed
Father, we, we come to you now, and, and there are people that are right here today in person, face to face, but then we know that we have a greater platform in the media, and we don't know how, Lord, this message is going to be received, but we pray that it will convict and convince and convert those that have heard it, that they'll go back and do the study on Acts. Go back and do the study on how this man was able to rise up and walk. Father, we ask you right now to help us as the people of God to yield ourselves to what the Spirit of God has to say. God, I thank you. Oh, I thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to just say thank you. That God, I desire to be, Lord, connected. I, I desire to be plugged in. I desire, Lord Jesus, to be with you. Father, we ask you right now to help us, Lord. If there's any here today that, that you want to come down to the altar, you want to have a talk with Jesus, it's fine, it's okay for you that are out there on these social media platforms. I hope that you don't just sit there, but take a moment to wherever you are to bow your knees and then lift up your voice and tell Jesus, I want to know you in a real, real way. I want to know you in the power and might of your Holy Spirit. I want to know you, Lord, for myself that I can say to the person that, Lord, you will lead me to, look on me. I've been with Jesus. God bless you. May heaven smile on you. Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.